In our gospel text today, Jesus debunks two great myths about the spiritual life. The first is the myth that being a person of faith means always being peaceful and happy. We hear this expectation, this myth all the time, don't we? Explicitly and implicitly. Don't be sad that your friend or family member just died. Just have faith that she's with God. If you lose your job, don't be upset. Live from a place of spiritual abundance. The subtext is always the same. If you want to be considered truly spiritual, truly faithful, never get upset. Somehow we've gotten the idea that being spiritual means always having a profound serenity, a sort of Instagram filter glow that never goes away even in the hardest of times. That having faith means being unbothered by any loss or change or disruption. The problem with this myth is that when we are knocked onto our backsides by life, when something really painful happens, if we believe the myth, we feel like spiritual failures if we actually get upset about it. We feel like failures if we don't walk a foot off the ground, if we don't have an overwhelming sense of God's presence and guidance through it all, if we don't instantly turn from disappointment or grief to trust and serenity. In our gospel today, Jesus also seeks to debunk a second myth, the myth that being a person of faith means always being well-liked and at peace with all of those around us, that somehow having a spiritual life miraculously gives us the ability to get along with everyone, and that if we fail to do so, we are somehow failing spiritually. Women, we might be particularly susceptible to this myth, the idea that if someone somewhere is mad at us, we are somehow failing God. In our text today, Jesus counters both of these spiritual myths with a healthy dose of realism. At the beginning of our gospel, he says to his disciples something to the effect of, my ministry has made people angry and it's led to my being rejected by the most respected people in our community. And if that's what happens to your teacher, if that's what happens to the only person who has ever been able to live in full communion with God and to live out these teachings perfectly, why wouldn't the same thing happen to you as you, do, as you try to do all of this imperfectly? And later he goes on, don't think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. I think it's a mistake to think that Jesus is advocating violence here. This is, after all, the same Jesus who taught us when struck to turn the other cheek, the same Jesus who went willingly to the cross and told his disciple Peter not to defend him by the sword. What Jesus means here, I think, is that Christian life is not always going to be peaceful. Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. There's something about deep faith. There's something about following Jesus that is not peaceful. 
that is unsettling. Jesus came in part not to bring peace, but to disturb our peace, to jog us out of our comfort zones, to make sure that we can't stay complacent. Jesus warns us that following him might bring us into conflict with people who are important to us, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. It happened to Jesus. Why wouldn't it happen to us? Being disturbed, being sad or angry or ill at ease, being in conflict with others from time to time, these are not spiritual failures, Jesus says. They are the inevitable results of faithfulness. All of this is to say those spiritual myths are myths. It is okay to not be okay right now. A lack of serenity, a lack of peace is not a spiritual failure. After all, we are in the midst of a time of profound upheaval as a society. The ground beneath our feet doesn't seem quite so solid anymore. And plans and projects that seem secure are up in the air. And the future we counted on is fragile. The inequality that we've long brushed under the rug is exploding. It's just as Jesus promised in our gospel reading today. What was covered up is becoming uncovered. I'm someone who always, my main goal in life is I just want everyone I love to be okay. I just want things to calm down, for everyone to be in, at peace, for everyone to agree. I want peace and serenity. But Jesus' teaching today reminds me that my feeling of peace can become an idol. My feeling at peace is not the ultimate goal of Christian life. The goal of Christian living is to follow Jesus. And sometimes that's not peaceful. It's profoundly unsettling. It's, it's disturbing. The prophet Jeremiah said to beware of those who declare peace, peace, when there is no peace. He said that we will know the presence of God not when we feel completely at ease, but rather when we feel a fire in our bones that will not let us remain who we are, that drives us forward into something new. Our gospel for today ends with one of the most profound challenges in the scriptures. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. It is a myth that faith always leaves us with serenity and peace, and if we don't have it, we're doing something wrong. It is a myth that the life of faith is one in which you can always be nice and inoffensive. The life of faith is messier than that and more real. Sometimes it's only in being willing to sit in unease and disruption and the turning upside down of our usual way of things that we can find the next step, that we can find what God truly wills for us. It's only in giving up false peace that we get the real thing. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. In eConnect this week, I wrote about an article that Chris sent me from one of the national leaders of the Episcopal Church, Gay Clark Jennings. 
She has extensive experience in disaster response, and she created a chart of the emotions that often follow a crisis. First, she said, there's the heroic phase, where individuals do amazing things for their neighbors. They go above and beyond what could ever be expected. Next, she says, there's the honeymoon phase, this time of community cohesion where we feel a wonderful sort of feeling of adrenaline and excitement and connection to others that are going through this crisis with us, a feeling of kinship and of hope. And next, she says, there is the disillusionment phase. Often, it's a realization that the cavalry are not coming that there is not a leader or an expert who can lead us through this perfectly, who can help us to return to the way things were before. It's the realization that this will take longer than we'd hoped, that it will change us in ways that we can't predict. We are in the disillusionment phase of response to COVID-19. COVID is widening the cracks in our foundation that we're already there. It is, as Jesus said, bringing to the surface what was once hidden. And a natural response at this stage of disaster response is anger and grief. It's irritability and irrationality. My dad currently is in an enormous fight with his poker group. They're not speaking over whether or not you're allowed to have a certain television channel playing in the background while you do Zoom poker. Frustration is natural at this phase. This is what we should expect. I don't like it. I want everything to be okay. But if we take today's gospel seriously, we need to trust Jesus in saying that this season is not something to be resisted or to be papered over or rushed through. This is instead a holy time, a time to be welcomed. As Jesus promised, things that have been covered up are being uncovered, and things that were secret are being made known, and this is holy. And if we push too quickly for peace and serenity, we might miss God's message to us in this time. Because after disillusionment, comes rebuilding. At St. John's, we've been talking about this as resurrection rather than resuscitation, working with God to bring about something new rather than insisting on returning to what was before. This is such a painful, frustrating time for many of us who are joining, who, many who are joining us virtually right now and for so many in our wider world. But I think there's something to be learned from the discomfort, something that comes with welcoming the fact that things aren't okay and that we don't know when we'll be at ease again. We can trust that God is moving with us in this, that we are, as Jesus promises, losing our old life in order to find a new one that is deeper and rich, richer and, dare we say, more peaceful than the one we left behind. We are losing a more superficial peace in order to find a more profound one. Perhaps our job in this time is not to say peace, peace, where there is no peace, not to push for superficial serenity. It's to be angry, to be sad, 
to be irritable, to grieve, and to give up the old life, to look honestly at the cracks in the old order that are emerging, and then to seek to feel that fire in the bones that Jeremiah promises us, that fire that will fuel us in building something new that is more loving, more just, and more real. Amen.